dark seal brown of her face, her eyes looked very blue. A shudder twisted through me as I remembered how blood had filled those other blue eyes. It was the third time that week I had dreamed about John. The first one hadn't been bad, just an ordinary anxiety-frustration dream in which I pursued a familiar form along endless streets, only to find, when I caught up with it, that it wore someone else's face. The second... Well, never mind the details of that one. The metamorphosis of the body I clasped into a scaled, limbless creature that slid slimily through my arms and vanished into darkness had left a nasty memory, but it hadn't awakened me. I knew the cause of the dreams. My subconscious doesn't fool around. It's about as subtle as a brickbat. I had told myself there was nothing to worry about, even if I hadn't heard from him for over a month, and I had believed it sort of, until a week ago. Hugging my warm, hairy, smelly dog as a child would clutch a teddy bear for comfort, I remembered the conversation that had forced me, or my subconscious, to admit there was something to worry about. But I don't know anything about Egyptology, I yelled. Normally, I don't yell when I say things like that. I mean... It's hardly the sort of statement that arouses passionate emotions. But this was the fourth time I had said it, and I didn't seem to be getting the point across. The two men behind the desk exchanged glances. One of them was my old friend Carl Fader of the Munich Police Department. The other man was about the same age, mid-fifties at a guess. Like Carl, he was losing his hair and starting to spread around the middle. He'd been introduced to me as Herr Burkhardt. No title. No affiliation. If he was a colleague of Carl's, he had to be a cop of some variety. But I had only known one other man with eyes as cold as his, and Rudy had definitely not been a police officer. I knew what they were thinking. It was Burkhardt who said it. I fail to understand, Dr. Bliss. You are an official of our National Museum, a well-known authority on art history. The Herr Director, Dr. Schmidt, has often said that you are his most valued subordinate. Yeah, I said gloomily. I'll bet he has. Schmidt has a mouth almost as big as his rotund tummy. He is as cute as one of the seven dwarfs and not much taller, and if he wasn't so brilliant, he'd have been locked up long ago as a menace to society. Not that he's a crook. On the contrary, Schmidt thinks of himself as a brilliant amateur sleuth, the scourge of the underworld, and of me as his sidekick. As Watson was to Sherlock, as Archie was to Nero Wolfe, so Vicky Bliss is to Herr Dr. Anton Z. Schmidt. At least that's how Schmidt looks at it. My own view of our respective roles is somewhat different. I said slowly and patiently, Human beings have been producing works of art of one kind or another for over 35,000 years. Even if you include only the major visual arts and restrict yourself to Western art, you have to start with Stone Age man, proceed through the Egyptians and the Minoans and the Etruscans and the Greeks to early Christian art 
and Byzantine and medieval and Renaissance and, oh, hell. What I'm trying to say is that nobody can be an expert on all those fields. My specialty is medieval European art. I don't know. What about the Trojan gold? Fader inquired. That does not come under the heading of medieval European art, does it? I'd been afraid somebody was going to bring that up. Schmidt refers to the affair of the Trojan gold as our most recent case. He doesn't often refer to it, however, because it hadn't been one of our most resounding successes. People had been looking for the gold, a hoard of priceless ancient jewelry which had vanished from besieged Berlin at the end of World War II for almost fifty years. Educated opinion believed the Russians had carried it off to Moscow. Schmidt and I and a few other people had spent several weeks the previous winter following up a clue that suggested it had been smuggled out of Berlin before the Russians entered the city and hidden somewhere in Bavaria. At one point, I thought I had found the hiding place. Turned out I was wrong. Schmidt was still complaining about how I had misled him, which I hadn't, not deliberately. I'd been, well, wrong. Sometimes I am wrong. Not this time, though, damn it. Fader was smirking at me as if he had said something clever. He was correct. The Trojan gold could not be described as medieval art. I cried again. That had nothing to do with my expertise or lack thereof. It was pure chance. But you recognized from a bad photograph that the jewels pictured were genuine. Some degree of expertise. Anybody could have done that. My voice rose. The gold of Troy is famous. Everybody knows about it. Almost everybody. Let me put it this way, minor heron. I could not pose as an expert on Egyptian art for more than five minutes without getting caught out. If I understand you correctly, you are suggesting I accept the position of guest lecturer on a Nile cruise. In exchange for a free tour, I will be expected to talk at least once a day on some damned temple or pyramid and be prepared to answer questions from the people taking the cruise who wouldn't be taking the cruise if they weren't already interested in and informed about the subject. Five minutes, hell. I wouldn't last sixty seconds. Why me, for God's sake? There are hundreds of people who know more about the subject than I do. But my dear Fräulein Doctor, Burkhardt exclaimed, Look at it this way. Never again will you have the opportunity for such a holiday. This is a luxury cruise. The boat is new, designed for millionaire tourists. Suites instead of rooms, gourmet food, the best of everything. Passengers will be admitted to places that are barred to the ordinary tourist. The lecturers are all distinguished scholars. He waved a brightly colored brochure at me. I shied back. That's just the point, Herr Burkhardt. Carl, will you please tell your friend that I am not an empty-headed blonde bimbo, even if I do look like one. Lately, I've been trying very hard not to look like one, swathing my too well-endowed torso in loose jackets and my long legs in full skirts that flapped around my calves. I had let my hair grow long so I could wind it into a schoolmarmish bun. Nothing seemed to work. 
If you are tall and blonde and blue-eyed and shaped like a female, some people assume you don't have a brain cell working. Carl tried to hide his smile. I warned you this approach would not work, Burkhardt. The lady is very astute. I imagine she already suspects why we are making this request. I nodded gloomily. It didn't require a high degree of intelligence. The affair of the Trojan gold was only the most recent of several encounters I have enjoyed with the criminal element. If enjoyed is the right word. I do not enjoy being shot at, assaulted, kidnapped, and chased across the countryside. I didn't want to do that anymore. Something's going to happen on that cruise, I said. What is it? Murder? Hijacking? Or just a simple case of grand theft which could easily lead to murder or hijacking? If you will allow me to explain, Burkhardt began. That's what I've been asking you to do. Burkhardt leaned back and folded his arms. The information reached us via a channel which has proved particularly fruitful in the past. How our agent acquired the information we do not know, but he has never before failed to be accurate. He gave us three facts. First, that there is a plot to rob the Cairo Museum. Second, the individuals involved will be on the Nile cruise, which starts on November 1st. Third, one or more of them is personally known to you. Now, obviously, we cannot halt the cruise or detain everyone who has signed up for it. We must have an agent on that boat. You are the obvious choice. Not only because you... Wait, I said. My voice sounded quite normal. That surprised me, even though I had half expected it. 